Good. So delighted to be with you here at EFC this morning to uh, join in your worship, which has been wonderful, and to be a part of the celebration of how God has called Sheldon and Lori to give pastoral care to missionaries working with Avant in various parts of the world. I got to know Sheldon and Lori uh, quite recently, actually. You've known them for years. Um, because they were a part of this training cohort that we do in the EMC to prepare people for this, uh, for this occasion. And uh, this is the training that we ask everybody to go through who is being ordained in our conference. And I was uh, delighted to have them a part of that. And uh, I was also privileged to be able to stay at their home, actually, just before Christmas in Abbotsford and got to meet their family and to have some really interesting conversations with them about theology and culture and education. This is clearly a family that combines many things that in our world we sometimes separate. Uh, they love to talk about theology and discuss deep stuff. They, they seem to have a spirituality born out of difficulty and trials that they have been through in their work. And they have a, a, a really infectious love for people and a way of caring for them in beautiful ways. And so uh, in all of these ways, God has gifted each one of them, I think. And we are very privileged to affirm that this morning, to pray that the Spirit would take them ever deeper into the mysteries of the kingdom of God as we all together ordain Sheldon as a minister in our conference. We're also privileged this morning to have uh, Dr. Candice Pickett with us. She is the uh, Vice President of Member Care with Avant. As well, Mike and Carolyn Reimer are here with us. They are also work, they work with Avant here in, in Manitoba. And, uh, and then Tim Dick, who is no stranger to you folks, is representing our, board of, our EMC Board of Missions today. So I think this passage that we have just read for this Sunday, it's actually the, the, the come and see spiritual renewal scripture for this Sunday, is a fascinating one to think of from the perspective of an ordination service. Because with this story, we kind of go down into the very furnace of our relationship with Jesus. Down into the very core of the smelter in which your calling is forged. Down into this forge, you come to a place where Jesus looks deep into your eyes. Jesus looks deeply into your eyes, and in that moment, in the moment of that gaze, your soul is purified, your love is set ablaze, your will is steeled, to will one thing, in the moment of that gaze, when Jesus looks into your eyes, then you no longer ask yourself, well, what am I going to make of with my life? You no longer ask yourself, well, how can I be me? How can I be happy? How can I be fulfilled? All of those kind of ego-centered questions are burned away in an instant. And in the fire of the grace that you see coming from the eyes of Jesus, your life is taken. And you belong to Jesus after that. You're no longer a volunteer. You're no longer on some kind of self-fulfillment project. Now you belong to Jesus. As Paul would say, you're in Christ. 
Now, this doesn't mean that uh, after that you have no decisions to make. Maybe you'll need to decide exactly where you will serve. You may to, maybe you'll need to decide whether you marry or not. Maybe you'll need to decide how you spend your money and so on. There's all kinds of things that we can remain perplexed about in this life, uh, not knowing whether to go this way or that way. But when you have been in the smelter of this furnace, when you know that Jesus has seen you, when Jesus has seen your sins of desperation, when Jesus has seen your sins of self-protection, when you, deep down you, have been seen by Jesus, from then on you will no longer live your life. You will live the life of Jesus. And in his life, you will find life. And I think the question for all of us is, have, have I seen Jesus that way? And has Jesus seen me that way? Well, this woman in Luke chapter 7 that we have read about has this very experience of being seen. We're not told a whole lot about this woman. We don't know her story, other than that she's called a woman of the city, somebody that everybody knows is a sinner. And she's come into the house of Simon the Pharisee, of all places, where Jesus is eating together with some very stern and religious people some very good people. But this woman comes in carrying an alabaster jar of ointment. Now, we know a fair bit about alabaster and what that ointment was used for. I am told that all over the ancient Middle East, we have paintings and images and inscriptions and texts that associate, associate this alabaster perfume with the trade of prostitution. Everybody in the room knows that this is one of the tools of her trade. Which makes this story pretty incredible for several reasons. And some people, when they talk about this, they suggest that Jesus and this woman were doing something here that was kind of risque or, or provocative in a sexual way. And I don't think that's the case at all. But this is, nevertheless, a very poignant and intimate moment. By bringing this alabaster ointment into this room, the woman is putting out there for everyone to see who she is. Now everybody knows what kind of work she does. And she is saying, this is who I am. Now the question I would ask is, what kind of person must she believe that Jesus is? in order for her to feel safe doing that in a room of these kind of people. Now secondly, she's not only identifying herself as in the, in the trade of prostitution in front of this very religious crowd, but she uses this alabaster ointment then to serve Jesus. As she is weeping behind him, the tears are falling onto his feet. She undoes her hair and she dries his feet. She kisses his feet. And then she anoints feet with this alabaster ointment. She uses what she has. She uses what is known to her. She uses what is familiar to her to love Jesus. What she has in her cupboard at home is a jar of alabaster ointment. And Jesus is not in the least concerned about this. Isn't that beautiful? He doesn't seem to care what else this alabaster ointment has been used for. He gladly receives this anointing from this woman in front of all these very serious and religious people. 
So Simon, the Pharisee, playing his role, he grumbles to himself about what's going on here. And then Jesus challenges Simon with this parable of the two debtors and asks him, who is going to love more? Simon says, well, of course, the one who is forgiven more will love more. And then Jesus turns to the woman while he is still speaking to Simon. And he looks into this woman's eyes and he says to Simon, Simon, you've offered me no hospitality, almost no hospitality, but this woman has showered me with hospitality, marvelous hospitality, that you as a host could have offered to me as well. Because of this tender and beautiful way in which she has served me, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. And this is why she has shown me this great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. It's kind of a sarcastic comment by Jesus. Now, I suppose Luke could have given us a long lecture on what it means to serve Jesus. He could have presented us with a kind of an instruction manual on how to serve Jesus. What kind of posture, what kind of attitude, what kind of actions, and so forth. But, but Luke does not do that. Instead, he tells us this story. And I think this message is as simple as it is profound. Living like Simon will always be a temptation for us. Simon has invited Jesus into his home. He has done that. He does, he does want to be with Jesus, somehow. But his hospitality is rather cold and is rather calculating. Jesus is on a very short leash with Simon. Outwardly, Jesus is inviting, or Simon is inviting Jesus into his home, but inwardly, Jesus is being examined here. Jesus is being tested. Jesus is on trial here in Simon's home to see whether he matches Simon's ideal of what a true prophet is. Essentially, Simon is in control of his relationship with Jesus. Simon is the judge of Jesus. Simon is the one who's going to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And this is apparently because Simon has sinned very little in his life. Or at least that is what Simon believes. And I think Simon is actually quite a real temptation for us, for me. When I serve Jesus as somebody who has sinned very little, I am going to be tempted to sit in judgment about those people around me. Even when I outwardly appear to invite Jesus into my, into my home, I will be constantly evaluating everybody. I will be evaluating, every, evaluating everything I see around me, giving it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, all depending on how I, how I see things. But this, this woman lives in a completely different moral universe than Simon does. She lives in a different economy. She serves from a different place. It's much more emotional. It's much more vulnerable. It's not calculated or planned. It's spontaneous. It kind of bursts forth. It's like a dam breaking open, and suddenly this love just sort of rushes forth. It's not, it's not detached and, and objective, kind of standing back to see what Jesus is going to do here. This woman touches Jesus with her tears, with her hair, even with her hands. 
This woman doesn't care about appearances. She could care less about what Simon thinks about her. She brings the tools of her trade, the things that she knows, the things that she is familiar with. She brings and serves Jesus with that. She has sinned much and has been forgiven much. And so she loves. And how she loves. So today we're doing the ordination service here for Sheldon Rimple. Ordination is, is one way, one way among many ways, of responding like this woman in the story. We have been forgiven much, and so out of deep affection for Jesus, out of deep, emotional, vulnerable, open gratitude for the forgiveness that we have seen in the eyes of Jesus, we offer what we have, and that is what ordination is. We offer what we have, we offer our gifts, we offer what is familiar to us, and we say to Jesus, here, this is the alabaster ointment with which I will adore you. Ordination is the act by which a person, together with their church, makes themselves available to Jesus for pastoral ministry for the rest of their lives. It's one way of bringing alabaster ointment to Jesus. It's saying, this is, this is what I have. These are the gifts that I have been given for service in the church. This is what is in my cupboard. Here it is, Jesus. Take it. I will use it from now on in adoration, in contemplation, in service to you. And the question, we're going to ask Sheldon and Laurie some questions about this, but we also need to ask ourselves questions about this. How am I going to do this as well? What is my alabaster ointment that I have in my cupboard that I can bring to Jesus and offer to him simply because he has forgiven me so much? What are you willing to give Jesus for the rest of your life simply because Jesus has seen you? Jesus has looked into your eyes and you've seen his love. You've seen his forgiveness. You know it. Let's pray. Gracious God, in your son Jesus, you have looked into our eyes. And you have seen everything. You've seen the things that, that, that we show others, and you've seen the things that we don't show others. You've seen the things that bring us a lot of reputation and glory and honor. You've seen the things that we are embarrassed about, shamed about. Lord, you've seen it all. You look into our eyes and you see it. And when we look into your eyes, we see infinite love. We see depths of grace that we didn't imagine were possible. And so today we simply want to worship you. We want to bow our hearts, our heads, our lives before you and adore you and say that you are beautiful. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you for loving us in this way. We commit ourselves to serving 
ministering to you. In spite of what other people might think, in front of other people who may judge us, our, our focus now is only on you. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. As uh, I was uh, prepping for, for singing this, this Sunday um, and just kind of acknowledging this significant moment for you, um, a couple of words just kind of came together for me. And, um, and I, I put it together with a little bit of music. And uh, I thought we would start off by, by sharing this together. It's simple words to say, here I am, your Lord, I'm yours. Here I am, Lord, take all of me. I'm holding nothing back. Here I am, Lord, I'm yours. When I think of this, this story of that, that we heard in, in the message this, this morning, and I think of this idea of, of this, this woman who came and who gave her everything. She was holding nothing back, and I get that picture um, even as you take this step of, of faith and the step of affirming of your abilities and your, your calling as an opportunity to say, here I am, Lord, I'm yours. I'm not holding anything back. So let's, uh, as you, we're going to sing this through a couple of times, and as you are comfortable with it, I just invite you to join us. And if you're able to, I'd invite you to stand as we sing. Here I am, Lord, I'm 